All right, boys, guys, welcome back to the new iPoys podcast. I am your host, Henry Pertil, and my co-host, Sebastian Morales. And today we have another, every week we have another great special guest. Special guest. That's always a the great he says special every time. Yes, all the time. I uh, have a good teammate. He trained with us at Peak, but uh, he's also the strength conditioning coach of Victor Altamonaro. He was here last week. Um, but my good friend here, Adrian Delgado, say what's up, man. Hey, how are y'all doing? What's up, man? Uh, yeah, What's man. Up? We got uh, Adrian here for many reasons. As you guys, I, I just mentioned, first, you know, he trains with us at Peak, which I want to dive towards the end of the podcast. Yeah. But diff- for me personally, I always, when we look for guests, us too, or we try to think ahead, like, who, what, what's what's next for us? Um, I always, always bring it with Sebastian because, you know, it's us too, like, doing this. But as he, you know, he asked me, why, why is it like, okay, what, like, who's this? Like, what are we going to talk about? Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I told him exactly this, this man, first of all, like I said, he turns those and stuff, but why I find him more interesting is what he did before that. And we've talked about that before. And I think, you know, what I'm talking about this man right here. If you guys see in the camera, this man is pretty swole. <laughs> this man is, he is big. he's fucking huge. But no. uh, yeah, I always yeah. ask like Henry, like what? Basically, every time he brings a new guest, I always ask the questions of like, what is this person likes to talk about? Just so I can do research on like the topic, so I know like at least something. Right. Um. But like he told me like yeah you, he said you were a bodybuilder or are you still are. So or? I mean, uh, I was a bodybuilder like for uh. I not a professional or nothing like that. Uh, amateur bodybuilder, but uh, for about ten years of my life, I dedicated like every day to it. I uh, had a personal training business when I got out of college, uh, and I was at Metroflex Fort Worth. I always loved bodybuilding since I was like a little kid, mm-hmm. and uh, when I graduated college, I had my degree. I had my degree in exercise science. It was like a strength conditioning background. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I just followed that, and I mean, it just kind of fit, you know, uh, strength conditioning, bodybuilding. But I was like had an athletic background, mm-hmm. and uh, I just kind of found that niche of like I was good at training people and also bodybuilding. And not that I was good at it, but just like I found what worked with me. Right. And I just competed like serious uh, for about ten years, uh, you know, and just uh, just you know. Basically how like the fight game is like, you know, you train every day, but I was, you know, dedicating a lot to it. I was basically, you know, how I could say that was my job, my profession. Yeah. Plus being a trainer, you make your money off your your body, you know, who's going to listen to somebody who looks ugly, you know, (laughs) not ugly. (laughs) I'm sorry. No, I get what you mean. (laughs) Like sometimes you have to have like, you have to have the qualities of it. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. Like. You had to look the part like of like, oh, can this person train me? Like, exactly. Like, oh, him. You know, it's I kind know. of like, uh, well, if he looks this way, it's and he does it himself, or because you know, I'd always show people whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just got to make sure, uh, you know, you can back it up. Basically. Yeah. I, yeah. For like in like for everyone like the OGs that really know me from like back in 2015, like <laughs> I've been like fast, skinny fat my whole life. But when I first lost weight back in 2015, is when I first. Like, fell in love with, I've talked to you about this, was bodybuilding. And, like, I could sit down and talk to anybody, anybody about bodybuilding. It's, like, my first, like, love. It was actually the first time I actually found out that Arnold was a bodybuilder. I didn't know my whole life who was a bodybuilder until I literally started working out, training every day, eating right. 
and I fell in love with the, just the whole concept of bodybuilding. And I just, for me personally, I think Arnold's like the greatest bar. Like he has the perfect like body. I, I think personally he's like the best bodybuilding. One of the goats. Like this, one of the goats. This man well, definitely is. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had. Um... You know, in every sport, they got, like, that person that just kind of, like, defines a sport. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Michael Jordan basketball. Icon. I think, I icon. Think. Yeah, icon, yeah. I think, you know, like, Michael Jordan basketball, you know, whatever. You know, uh, bodybuilding Arnold, you know. Um, and it's just because, like, they're the ones that had what it, what it like, it just needed. It was uh, the characteristics. Uh, obviously, the, the body, you know, or the the athleticism or whatever it took but just like also that that you know it takes a lot to to represent something and to be the best at it and they just had what it was you know yeah and it, you know like being a bodybuilder was just tip of the iceberg for arnold i mean every bodybuilder that i ever met that was like serious about it has so many different other aspects about them you know uh that they were also uh you know great firefighters that they were also doctors that they were also i mean there's so many things about uh bodybuilding that that it it, it affects the world you know because yeah. everybody can go to a gym that's one thing like everybody can do like punching and stuff like that you know it takes a lot to be able to get hit go through it and be like that's just what comes with it i gotta take it you know but a lot of people can just lift a weight. you see people from little kids to older people to that are like you know, lifting weights. Right. Um, so all around, it just affects the world. And so it's just all around, you know, the bodybuilding, I mean, it's like with jujitsu, there's different people from all walks of yeah. life, you know? So, yeah. Like with me, I was a firefighter and bodybuilding at the same time. You, you know? did at the same time? Mm-hmm. It was tough, you know, I didn't, I didn't, uh, there were a couple guys who were like pro and stuff, but it's really tough. And I worked in like some really busy uh, fire stations to where, you know, rest wasn't always like key, you know, it's, it's, always- it's tough. Oh yeah, I was going. going. Yeah, so that was like another thing about me. Like I was, you know, that worked hand in hand too. I was a paramedic, firefighter, bodybuilder. So you just kind of understood how the body worked. Yeah, that, that all came hand in hand. So yeah. all the time, I was surrounded with the body. Like Damn. what's going on with yeah. the body? You got to understand it in a different, like more, like in depth. Yeah, and it helped me being it. a better trainer too. You yeah. know, I can actually like help you with like. Oh, because of this, this is why this is happening in your body, this and that. Because I look at it also from a medical point of view, because I'm a paramedic background. So that. Oh, you're a paramedic. Wow. Yeah, I have a associate's uh, degree in paramedicine, and I was a paramedic for uh, Dallas Fire also. Damn. Yeah. Holy shit. So that's why. Yeah, that's why yeah. I told you like tip of the iceberg. Yeah, yeah, it is the tip of the iceberg. What got you into bodybuilding? I remember you, you just said that like you got when you were young. Like, what made you fall in love with it? Um. You know, I was a fat kid. I was I had like you know uh, thick glasses. Fat kid had a ponytail. Got picked on all the time. You always saw the guys like you know muscles. They got girls. Yeah. And honestly, yeah, I wanted girls to like me. So sixth grade, uh, I started doing push-ups, running every day, every single day. I, I couldn't even do one push-up, so I started doing it on my knees. Got to where I was doing like one-handed by the end of the summer. Went in like a whole new kid and just like Damn. just it just transformed me because. I was just tired of it, man. Like, you know, you just get picked on and stuff. That was the and, point. That was the tipping point. You're like, damn. Yeah, and I was like, what I could control. I don't know, man. Like, my, my I came from, like, a, my dad was athletic. My, my brother was athletic. And I was. I just was, like, shy about it. And it's very different now. Uh, but uh, that's how it was when I got introduced. And then my mom was also like, 
oh, I don't want you to get hurt. Yeah. And then uh, I just kind of was like, I'm just going to do it. So how were you at the time? Uh, I was probably 10 or 11. And then, yeah. you know, by the time I hit sixth grade is when I started, like, really, like, working out, like, push-ups and sit-ups and just running just because, uh, yeah, man, I was just tired of getting, like, picked on. And then I wanted the girls to like me. And, uh, Everything changed good. when you got full. That's, that's, <laughs> cra- that's crazy because as you tell that story, that lorry just happened to my brother. No, he's not, like, jacked or anything. Oh, I wasn't but Santiago. Like, he knows how Santiago looked back then. Santiago, he's my youngest brother. I have two younger brothers. He was very chubby, and then, like, he did get bullied and stuff. But, man, when he started hitting puberty, he, like, melted the weight off. Mm -hmm. And now the same girls that bullied him now like him. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. It's super (laughs) weird how things change. And, like, it is weird. Um, You know, but I don't know, man. It's just kind of what it is, though. Uh, I believe every kid kind of has to kind of not get bullied. I mean, I'm definitely against bullying, but. They kind of go with that little rough patch to kind of figure out like yeah. what they can handle, you know. Yeah. And, um, I've always been very different compared to the rest of my family. You know, yeah. the rest of my family is a lot older. I was a lot younger, and uh, I just kind of had my own path, and that's just kind of how it was. Like, I couldn't really relate to any of my siblings, okay. so and that's just kind of like what it was because they were just a lot older, and it's not their fault. It's just what it was. Oh, okay. Damn. Yeah. So, damn bodybuilding and like when you did that. So what were the hardest parts in that journey of doing that? Like when you made that commitment when you're young because of the bullying, so you want things to change. Like, is that what you always reminded yourself? Oh, no. Of, like, what I just love the way going? I look, man. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome to be like, you know, if I can do this and that and control mm-hmm. all this, I can actually distinguish, like I can actually dictate like how I'm going to look or yeah. feel or whatever. And plus like, it also helped, like you know, with my athletic background. I went, I went on and played. I played D three ball at Co College and uh, played middle linebacker there. Was nothing spectacular, but like you know, I still played. Still, you know, still was on there. Um, you know, and uh, it just you learn a lot, like when you're doing athletic things, and then you know, it just it just kind of falls hand in hand, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. I still like being big, but I like to move. I like mm-hmm. to be, that's one thing, like, I still like to be quick. I still like to be able to, like, use my weight for something. Then, you know, oh, and, right. and in the bodybuilding world, there has, there's, like, they call them the show ponies. And then mm-hmm. it's just, like, you know, guys who are just, who huge. are just huge. savage, basically, yeah. big, oh, you know. Yeah. Show ponies are just all muscle. They're not really strong, you know. And I came from old school bodybuilding. You know, Metroflex is a staple in bodybuilding. That's where Ronnie Coleman came out of. So the guys I learned from came all out of there. Jay Moore, Ronnie Coleman, Gus Carter. Gus Carter was a huge influence on me. Rindy, Rindy De La Cruz was a huge influence on me from Metroflex Fort Worth. And all those guys, uh, they taught me to be like, hey, um, if you're going to be strong, you need to be strong no matter what. So you don't need to have wraps. You need you see guys with wraps with, with knee braces, yeah. elbow, and they, they and you know like the DJs. They got like the yeah, headphones yeah. at the club. And yeah, stuff. yeah, that's what they look at. Look like when they're working out, you know. And it's okay. just like you need all that to lift weight. Like what kind of security is that within yourself, you know? And if you're gonna be strong, you need to be strong no matter what. So if someone calls you out, you just gotta be strong. So yeah. that's the kind of you know mind frame I built, and that's kind of how Juan is with jujitsu. Like some like when he calls you out. What are you gonna do? Tell him no. Yeah. Exactly. It's embarrassing. Right? Yeah. Fuck, You're like, yeah. no, no, I got you. Whatever. You know, like that's yeah. the way I look at it. Yeah. Okay. You know, and it works hand in hand with like other things I did in my life, like with firefighting and stuff. Like you gotta step in there. Or what? You gonna wait? What are you gonna do? So, 
it's just the mentality of the guys that I, that I was always around that it was always just like you have no excuses but to do it you know? right and if you don't do it cool but don't like be fake about it work towards it or just settle for not doing it whatever you're gonna do what something else something i was gonna ask too with that is that with bodybuilding you think that's bodybuilding is the reason why you have the work ethic you have now no i definitely think it's from my parents for your parents yeah uh they were really like black and white like you either got it or you don't like uh you know and they were my parents came from broken homes so they didn't really know what it was like like they knew what it was is weird because my parents stayed together though the whole time they came from Boca Homes, they stayed together the whole time, but they had this mind frame of like, that's what it is, and that's how it's going to be for the rest of your life. Either you deal with it and get over it, or whatever, you know? Right. So that just distilled that, that work ethic of just go get it, and if whatever happens, happens. As long as you, you know, do the right thing or get 100%, you're representing yourself, and you can be proud of that, that's, that's the main key. My dad was always like that. He was always like, you represent me. And uh, so just make sure, like, you know, it's good. And I'm like, oh, yeah. So that kind of made you like, oh, shit. Yeah, you know, and then also just like, I mean, what bad was it, you know? Besides, like, I mean, it does make me competitive and stuff, but, I mean, it's made me okay. I made it this far, so, yeah. Damn. Yeah. So bodybuilding happened first, and then when did you start tackling on, like, fighting? Like jujitsu and all that. Um, I kind of felt kind of about midway. Um, I got into like jujitsu. Uh, we were at Metroflex Fort Worth. Uh, like probably like around two thousand, like thirteen, fourteen. We did it with all no gi and stuff. I get made fun of um, about it because apparently the tournament I did. I'm not gonna say it. The tournament I did is not considered a highly competitive tournament. Mm-hmm. But I was all happy about it. But I still I took like. Uh, I took took third in it, which was funny because I didn't even go against the first place guy. Really? I didn't. I lost the match by points, but I didn't even go against the first place guy. So, and I know a couple of tournaments that, that people have, that's happened to, like Tony, that happened to, you know, a guy from our gym, Tony. He he ended up getting a placing and didn't even go against one of the guys that placed higher than him. So, you know, I don't even understand that. But I got into like the that about 2013, 2014. Just straight up jujitsu, and then um, some of the guys I was training with did like SK, XKO, which is a pretty big fight promotion in Arlington. Yeah, XKO. And um, so I got kind of mixed up with that, and then uh, but really just training with them, and I was training with them all the time, and uh, you know learned a couple things there. So I kind of had like a little ground game, and I took a couple of years off because I was firefighting, and uh, I just wanted to like really dedicate. 100% of my life to like that because that's what mm. that was going to be my career you know and then um so yeah and then I had that break until I went to peak back in like 2000 well 2019 yeah. yeah so I had that little break and then I never trained in a gi and so training a gi was like way different you know I, I still was, remember when you when I first rode yeah. yeah I was just like oh these guys are still hanging on to me mm-hmm. whatever you know because I all I ever done was no gi yeah so it was just way different um yeah. but I mean Hey, it's maybe a lot better. Yeah. Uh, one thing I noticed after you was talking about, like, how with your whole fan being athletic and stuff like that, like, also your jobs, I've noticed, have to be athletic, firefighter, paramedic, yeah. stuff like that. Do you think you just enjoy – do you think after bodybuilding at a young age, you felt like, oh, I just need a, I need a job to be more active? Or not need to, but you enjoyed it. 
No. Um, I so whenever I was uh training, had my own business, like personal training at Metroflex. Mm. During that time frame, I was uh, taking classes to be a nurse. Okay. And then um, I had done some uh, ride outs with an ambulance for a fire department, and they had called a fire. And I was like, oh, this is what I want to do, you know. Mm-hmm. And then at the time, I had some firefighter clients I was training for for, for shows. Oh, wow. And so they would always talk to me about the fire department. that, oh, man, he'd be good, be good. And I was like, all right. And then one day, like, uh, a test pop up for Dallas. And I was like, man, I'm just going to try it out see what's up. So I did it. I made all, made all the curriculum. And there was, like, 2,500 people there. And they were only taking 100 people. Whoa. And, uh, yeah, I made it. And that's how I became a firefighter. And, uh, you don't do it anymore? No, I don't do it no more. Uh, long story short, ended up getting terminated from them. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, yeah, man, it wasn't nothing bad as far as, like, the job part, but, like, personal life, man. I mean, it was just, like, uh, I mean, I, I ended up getting arrested for uh, for something that I got, ended up getting dismissed about later. So, mm-hmm. and then uh, at the end of the day, man, it was just a time, it was a humbling point in my life, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It was a point that... Um, I needed to figure out like, hey man, I need you to like fix some things in my life. And it was cool, you know, like now when I look about it, I'm okay with it. At the time, no. Um, just because I loved that job and it meant the world to me. Right. You know what I'm saying? And um, but now going through all that stuff, I look back at it and it was a great lesson learned because I don't know what would have happened if I would have kept going down that path that I was going. And you know, it's good, you know. Um Hard pill to swallow is what they say. Yeah, you know it's one saying? of those. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, damn. But you, you, so you did firefighter, you did paramedics. Well, yeah, because uh, for Dallas, you have to be a paramedic and a firefighter. So in order to be a firefighter, you got to be a paramedic. So you rotate. You do an ambulance on some shifts, and then you do a, either the engine or the truck, depending on what station you're at. So you've seen, you seen have you, Yeah, shit. I was going to yeah. ask. Yeah, you and me are on the same wavelength. Yeah. You, what's the craziest shit you've seen? <laughs> I mean... Honestly, I mean, I've seen a lot of crazy stuff. Um, you know, it, there's not like really something you can say, man, that was the craziest because, you know, it's just at that time frame, I was just going so fast and just, just next call, next call. We're talking like there were, I remember working and I would get like 30, 30, 30 or more calls a night. Think about that. You only work 24 hours. So I'm getting 30 or more emergency 911 calls a night. Some of them are like serious and some of them are not, you know? Mm. And so you just get so many that, I mean, it's hard to keep up. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of craziness. I mean, there's people lighting their own apartments on fire to, you know, crazy accidents. I mean, typically what people just do themselves. That you've seen that. You you see a lot of it. And it's weird because you get like this, like that's where it gets tough as, and my experience is just very different compared to other firefighters. So you mm-hmm. can't say like they all have the same experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but where I worked, um, like I said, it was high volume, high calls. And you just, you just kind of develop these feelings of, of hardness, you know, and uh, you don't, you, it makes you very like, you can't, it's hard to turn it on and off. I felt like I didn't know when to be sympathetic towards people. I mean, obviously, when people are, like, seriously injured or hurt, you want to be help them, you know, be do your best mm-hmm. for them. But, like, with your personal life or, like, personal relationships with people, it's hard to be, like, like they're like, oh, my boss is on me, this and that, this and that. And you're just like, cool, man. I just had, like, 
two babies died on me. Like, that was my Damn. baby. You know what I'm saying? So you just kind of, um, you that, that sensitivity is very skewed. Damn. That Did, was the biggest adjustment. With, with that being said, like, I'm assuming, like, there's, like, tr do they, like, give, tra not training, but they talk about that type of shit? Like, hey, you guys need to worry about your mental or, like. They, they talk about it. The departments do very well about talking about, um, well, this is different. It just depends, you know. Oh, cool. uh, so they have, like, chaplains and stuff that are great people that, that talk to you and help you through all these issues and stuff. And then they got, like, the, the hotlines, you know. You can call these line, this line, this line. But, you know, um. What, because I'm now I'm gonna start trying to get back on the fire departments. Oh wow! And uh, what I'm what what I feel like I just needed at that time was just someone to be like, hey man, what's up man? You doing good? Like how are things going? Like you know, cause you're cause you're around a bunch of alpha, you know, alpha males, you know, and we're all trying to be the hero and trying to save the day, and you know. Um, you 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 see a lot of crazy things and so it's one of those deals like what am i gonna tell this guy has been on for 30 years i've seen crazy stuff too like that like hey man i'm going through this like you just you, you try to build like man if he can get through it, i can get through it um, but you, you know, try to like push it down yeah 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 but you know like uh i think what would help is just being that person that's like hey man what's going on how you doing doing good like just kind of not necessarily like if you ever recognize things, but just kind of ask some questions, man. Like people forget, like yeah. people got like they got bad stuff going on. Like you, you know, can I say something real quick to add up? on to that? Something about this man, and it is it like clicked in my mind. Every time I see this guy at the gym, he's like, "Hey, how you doing, man? How's your family?" I remember one time you asked me that. Yeah. And then like for me, like I'm the same way. Like I hide, like I keep everything inside. Like I don't like talking, like especially like about like my family. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. So when you asked me that. That's why I will never forget it because it's like, like damn, like he asked about my family. Like that's kind of like another level. Like damn, yeah. like, you know, like yeah. Because when I was going through a bunch of hard things and a bunch of my my fellow firefighters knew, they reached out to me and they were like, "Hey man, like I understand this and that, and this and that." But by the time it was kind of already too late, like I was already kind of just like it was just wasn't going good for me. Yeah. But you know, it's all good, you know. Um, you know, to each its own and like I said, that was just my experience. Uh some others now I look back at it, I hold some other guys to like a certain standard, like wow, those guys were amazing because they went through the same stuff I did and they're just you know, they're they have character, you know. Damn. But that um uh, I have just two things I wanna go off that. I feel like that right there like builds kind of character for you too though, in a way. Uh, what did you yeah. do? What did you do in that situation? You know, there's only two things you can do, man. And there was like, a, there was a lot of things going through my head. And you right. know, I ain't gonna lie. Like, I thought the worst. I was like, you know what? I considered myself like that was my identity being a firefighter. So once I lost that, I was just like, man, I'm done. Yeah. Like, what? I didn't even be on here. It's embarrassing yeah. too. Like, yeah. I ain't gonna lie. Like, I even thought that before coming here. Like, I'm about to explain. Like, man, I used to be a firefighter. This and that. And then people are like, oh, why aren't you no more? You know. And it's one of those things like you got to come to grips with yourself. And one of the things about being an alpha male is like you got to come to grips with your truth. And that's what happened to me. But you know what? Now I realize that doesn't just define me. That's just a part of me. My, yeah. Those were just experiences. You're, you're like a good thing, way of putting it is like your failures doesn't define you. It's yeah. how you come back from that. What makes me more alpha yeah. male is getting over that and then progressing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Look at all the extra stuff I've done now. Yeah. So at that time, you know, I was just ready. I ain't gonna lie, man. Like, I was just ready to end it. I was just like, 
That's all I, you know, yeah. I've gone through a divorce, lost. I felt like all my relationships with the loved ones I had were just kind of like disconnected, even though they were there in my head, they were disconnected. You know what I'm saying? And, um, I don't know, man. Uh, some reason, just the the values that were still be by my dad, uh, just to like get through it, you'd be okay. And then also in firefighting, man, it was just like stick to what you know, stick to what you know, and then it's just like you'll get through it. And uh, you know, it's where I am today. You know, and I'm and I'm a lot happier and then stronger because I yeah. got through it. It's fucking badass, man. I wish. Um, I feel like everyone goes through that though. Yeah. Like everyone, when everyone's in that place of mind, especially for you, a firefighter, a paramedic, or especially nurses now, <laughs> like dealing with all that shit to deal with. Yeah. And even uh, with all that stress in their personal life too. Yeah. You Man, know. I, I was in, I even got locked up in a, in a mental hospital for a little while, dude. Really? Yeah, dude. I was wow. in there for like a whole week, man. And you know what's crazy? Because I had a problem with uh, like, I would drink excessively. So like my father died of a cirrhosis of the liver, you know? And that's just what it is, man. That man, he lived the way he lived, and it's just what it was. You know, you weren't going to tell him anything different. Those are things that I, I grew up with, you know? And so when he passed away, it's what it was. And then going through, like, you know, I started seeing, like, traits between me and my father. And I was mm. like, oh. And then, you know, you go through all this therapy, and then you start going. And then, you know, whenever all this stuff happened with my job and stuff, we got put in the hospital. They're wanting to put all these meds on you. And it's like, no, I don't need meds. Yeah. Know? I never took any of them. And so it just made me develop this character of like, you got to own up. You got to man up and figure this out for yourself. So that's another thing too. I mean, if I went through all that, what what could be worse than yeah. that? You know? Yeah. So wow. that's a good way of putting it, man. That's a good way. Like, that's a good, like, I always think about that too. Like for not me personally, but like for other people, like think to yourself, like it's like, He's gonna laugh, but I always bring up David Goggins. Like he he always talk he always says like sometimes we're in that dark place, we forget how badass we truly are. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, dude, look at you, man. Like like you I mean let's just be blunt. Like you got a disability right here, right? With yeah. your hand, right? Yeah. You still do jujitsu, you still choke people out, you still are capable of doing things that others can't. And you're a blue belt. That's something incredible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I mean, you don't you don't let it fall to you. You don't you don't take pity for it. You're like it is what it is. That's what it is, man. I mean, yeah. That's awesome. Other people they sit in there like, oh, I got this, I got that, and you're not. Yeah, that's it's crazy you say that. I don't even think about it because for me it's like exactly it's just, it's just a no regular hand. It's life, right? Yeah, and exactly. like for me, like I guess it's kind of like a chip in my shoulder. Yeah, you know, just kind of like prove myself. Yeah, right. Exactly, because it feels good when you. It sounds horrible, but it feels good whenever you get somebody that's like, okay, you got me. Yeah, yeah, oh, dude, it feels amazing. <laughs> exactly, man, yeah. and it's just that's that's that primal instinct that people forget about, but that's that endorphin rush, that enjoyment. That's yeah. why people keep on doing what we do. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when you're talking about all that, something that I was thinking about. Is you know I feel, when you're talking about your dad, your parents, it reminded me a lot about my parents. Yeah. Because my dad, my dad and my biological mom, they're I don't know if you could agree with this. They have a very like immigrant, very tough like, you know what I'm saying? Like my dad's like he only sees this way only, yeah. right? Yeah. He has an alpha male, right? Yeah. And like I remember growing up, like he would be like I would cr- if I fall down trip, 
fucking scrape my knee and start crying, he would tell me, get up, be a man. Like, don't cry. And I used to cry a lot when I was a kid. Like, a lot. I was a little bitch. But, like, I feel like that mindset or, like, that way you grew up is, like, kind of dangerous because it, it makes you feel, like, kind of, like, alpha male. Like, when I went through my, sh- like, when I went through some personal shit, I did the best I could to not tell any of my friends. Yeah. Like, anyone. Because you want to build like that. It's kind of like fight your own, like, like uh, fight your own problems by yourself. It's like that shit. machismo stuff. Yeah, that's machismo. Be yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Guy. And that's that's how the, the fire department was uh, because it was very, like, where I worked, I worked in South Oak Cliff. So oh, it was just constant. It's crazy. Oh, God damn, man. <laughs> yeah. So and explain South Oak Cliff for like the viewers that don't know about so, it. So, I mean, South Oak Cliff was just constant. We had a lot of like house fires, a lot of shootings, a lot of drugs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just insane. I mean, yeah. but I mean, it's what real life is for some people. Mm-hmm. And if you want to make a change in in a place, you got to start with where it's the worst and try your hardest. But you know, it's, it, that's a whole other subject. But what I'm saying is, like, that that whole, like, I, that mind frame of, first of all, my parents, my dad, you know, growing up on the streets or whatever, like, it's just what it is. You got to work hard. This is what it is. Right. And then the fire department, you know, like, you're, it was kind of like your, your reputation precedes you, you know? If you're known as a, if you work hard, do what you're supposed to do, you know, that reputation will precede you among the fire departments. And so wherever you go and work, you're known as that type of person, you know? Um, so that was a big thing. And that was also like a big stress on me, you know, because I always uh, wanted, to be, wanted to be perceived as the hero, as, you know, a good firefighter, as a good person, you know, even now, uh, which I think anybody should, but I just put it as like a priority. When at the end of the day, I was putting myself at the end, you know, I was putting other people and other people in front of me. Yeah. Yeah, So I would put all that stress of that. And then, you know, on top of my job and whatever I was dealing with personally. And then at the end of the day, like the person who was getting the worst of it was me because I wasn't like taking care of myself. Yeah. You look around, everyone's okay. But then you forgot about yourself. You're like, oh, fuck, I'm fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So like you know, going to a lot of therapy and stuff, they they tell me like, I got so used to re- to do to dealing with chaos that in my own life, it took me long to recognize chaos, and by the time I recognized it, I couldn't even handle it. Yeah, you know, and you know, it, it was true, you know. So, um, yeah, man, you know, uh, that job was uh, an amazing. It's 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 what they say, doing the Lord's work. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You know, is that you, why you enjoyed it? Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to be a hero? That's you true. know, but it's weird because it takes uh, certain people to to deal with that. And obviously, mm. it sucks because like I thought I was one. But obviously, I'm not because I'm not doing it no more. But in my heart, I still feel like I like I'm there. You know what I'm saying? But mm. it is what it is. You know. Yeah, for sure. uh, but you know, I put that love into other things I do. You know, like yeah, the gym. Yeah, yeah. You know, I build them up. Uh, like Victor, like Juan. I mean, all those people that we do the, the the fighting camp with. I put like that that care and that love that I used to put into my my patients or people that I was helping into the people that I surround myself with. I'm really big on like if I'm coming up, I'm gonna do whatever I can to bring you up with me because we all deserve to to get brought up you know yeah I've, I've noticed that too because you do a very good job of obviously you know training victor getting him ready for all his fights and then yeah. you also promote our gym 
Yeah. Pico Targa. Yeah. Like, hey, come down to the best gym in DFW. Yeah, I mean, that's a special place in my heart. You know, if I spend majority of my time there, it should be a special place in my heart. You know what I'm saying? Um, and in the way that y'all accepted me there, I was just a, a somebody from off the street, and I just walked in, and I never thought I'd be having this role I have today with with Pete Wataga. Uh And um, the way that people accepted me there, and just from the get go, it just affected me so much to where, and you know, during the it's funny during the darkest time of my life, Juan reached out to me. And he was like, "Hey man, where you at? You ain't been to you haven't been to class." And I was like, "Oh, I'm just going through some issues." He's like, "Hey man, we miss you. Come back." And it literally, I've only been going for a couple of months, and then he reached out to me and was like, "Hey man," and it was like, "Man, these people care." So from then on, I'm back. You know? Yeah, that's that's what I love. We always say that to like everyone there. Yeah. Like, what I love about that gym is like it's fucking intense. But we love each other, you know. We all care for one another, and uh, and what I always say about the gym is that we're all. I feel like we're all like dysfunctional. We're all a little fucked up. We're all just like one big family, just trying to make ourselves just better. Yeah, and you know what's crazy is like we have some world renowned people in there, and like a lot of people don't even know. Yeah, that's a, that's the thing. Like I see, I guess because I roll with I roll with you. I roll with like. I just forget, like, oh wait, you do that for a living? Oh wait, you do that? Yeah, we have like, they have people that work for the FBI, yeah, we have attorneys, like it's nuts. We got man. big YouTube, freaking Ron White. He's like, he has like half a million subscribers on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, he has the world's best memory. Memory, literally <laughs> yeah, in the like, world. Really? Yeah. yeah. So, so Guinness, yeah. so so Guinness, uh, apparently, well, the story is, or I think it is, is he's in the Guinness Book of World Records for memorizing a hundred people's first and last names and where they're from and they ran a marathon and he was at the finish line and you saw people running a marathon they're gonna come in at different places right so he memorized 100 people first last name and where they're from and as they passed the finish line he was saying their first their last name and where they're from so they're all coming at different times you know holy shit that yeah. is crazy That's and he's, and he's <laughs> done a lot he's done That's a really lot cool. crazy he's stuff a, he's a, he tore my tricep Oh, he was on Ron White. Don't think I don't think I forgot. Hey, Ron he's White. He's got the world's best memory. Don't think I forgot. Yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> hey, he says he can get me on your podcast. Don't Make think sure I forgot. <laughs> yeah, man, that's a beast. Yeah, we have some crazy. We got doctors to roll with us. We got. Yeah. I forget about that sometimes. Yeah. When'd you get up with like training Victor? Because that's why Henry also brought up is like you you train with Victor. Yeah, so I'm a strength conditioning coach. I handle like his diet, I handle his recovery routines, I handle just everything outside of jujitsu and like his striking. <coughs> so uh, I handle all that, and I see him like six days out of the week. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we see each other in the mornings and we train together. Um, and I just got kind of tied up with that because just Juan knew my background. Uh, that's what my degrees in. He knew like the kind of like people I'd uh, helped with in their pat in the past, and uh, he was like, "Hey man, I really think that you know you could help Victor." And then me and Victor, we just kind of met and started working out and doing things together, and it just we just hit it off. And then you so, know, since then, like his performance, his body has transformed. Everything has just gotten like a lot better, and he's understanding his body more. Which was weird to me because coming from such an athletic background, even like playing like football as a kid, you know, you see these big guys and they have footwork. Like they can move, they can, they can you know, adjust their body a different, you know, ways. And then 
working with someone like Victor who doesn't, all he knows is fighting, right? Mm. So he has an athletic background, but from a different point of view. And so, like, footwork and stuff was, like, non-existent. It's, no, it was existent, but, like, we would put the ladder out, and there would be, like, constant hitting or just, like, stuff that was very, it looked easy or it was easy to me, like, footwork drills with the ladders and stuff. But, like, they were just, it was just weird. So we had to, like, kind of, like, start stuff from, from basics, you know, teaching mm-hmm. form. Um, you know, he, he only weighs 140 pounds, so it's not like he can, like, lift crazy amounts of weight, especially never lifting before. We'd only been lifting about a year and a half now. And so we were going through form, and now we're doing ladder drills to plyometrics to, like, crazy stuff, like crazy jumps and stuff. I mean, he's he's definitely a very rare case of an athlete that it just has that natural ability. How, how crazy is it for you to uh, – two questions, but like, how crazy is it for you to see how much he has improved within, I guess, that year and a half? And also, how is it crazy for you for being there by his side for that long to where he's at right now, like in the UFC? Um, You know, as far as like – I didn't – I guess I don't think it's that crazy because I've been seeing him every day and we've been progressing that it's just like I expect it. You know, um, you know, when you put the kind of effort that he puts in, like there's nothing but good results are going to happen if you just put the effort in and consistency, you know, and that's one good thing about him. So it made it very easy. It was more like, hey, man, we're meeting up. We're working out like normal. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like instead of like, oh, I got this dude coming in. It's just you get these athletes that are like him. that are just athletes. They're just like they understand the role. They understand what they're here to do. And it's just like this work and get it done. And that makes my job way easier. Um, it makes it fun because they want to be there. And he's taking it serious, just like I am. If I'm there, you should be there. I'm taking that serious, you know? 100%, yeah. Um, and then as far as, like, the new role, I mean, you know, he has me as his corner for right now. Um, and, you know, with 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 me, my, my, my thing is whatever is best for whatever fighter I'm working with, whether it be Victor or whoever. If they want me there in their corner and they feel like that makes them better, great. If they don't, great. Like, whatever. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about them. You know, this is their career. Um, so, as far as this role that I have now, that you know, we went to UFC together and stuff. Um, I just try to fit in where I need to be. So, my main role from the get-go was his recovery, his strength conditioning, his diet. So, when I was there, I made sure I cooked his meals for him. I, I did everything as far as made sure his body and his intake as far as what he was eating was was uh, was on point. And that's what that's that's what I had to do. And because from the get go, that's what I was supposed to do. Um, so nothing really changed. The only thing was just the focus, man. It was way more intense and it helped that we couldn't go anywhere um, just because, you know, I realized this isn't my time. This is Victor's time. And he has a lot riding on it, you know. And mm. you know, I need to be on point with what I need to do. Yeah. So uh, I took it more as a business aspect, business because I need to be serious about it, you know. Not business, I mean to gain anything about it, but business because, hey man, like this needs to be done right. Um, that's the way I approached it. And so I didn't really, it didn't really hit me until we got back. You know, I was like, oh wow, dude. I was in, actually like, you know, dab Dana White. You know, I said, thank you, sir. I've been in halls as George St. Pierre. I, I sat right next to like Forrest Griffin, saw Kevin Gatt. I saw all these like, and, but I was like, oh look, oh look, but Victor, oh look, oh look, but okay, we gotta, <coughs> we gotta do this, we gotta do this. Um, 
so it was just crazy. And then when I got home, and I remember I was just driving. I was over here, you know, in Fort Worth, and then I called I called Juan. I was like, dude, it just hit me, man. We were in the same areas as like George St. Pierre, Anderson Silva, yeah. like legends. And he's yeah. like, Yeah, no. And I'm like, it just hit I, that's insane. Yeah. You know, but that just tells you how focused we are. And I and I expect to be that way in any fight, whether it be UFC or a local fight. I think, I think a good thing that uh, something that Victor said in the last podcast. I'm gonna repeat what he said. You listen to the podcast, but would you agree to this? I agree to obviously. Do you think he is? You think one of the reasons he is where he's at right now is because the environment, the gym he trains at right now. Yeah, and also um, you can't like teach that kind of work ethic in people. People just got it or they don't. And I worked with a lot of athletes and people who were just athletically gifted. And people who work to be that athletic, and he's both, because uh, he's he, he's thirty years old, so it's not like he's a young guy. And to be able to still consistently do and put the work in that he does, like that's that's something that's kind of teach. And he's been with us for ten years, or not with us, but he's been with Juan for ten years, and that peak, and you know, that's just something that's been ingrained in him over the years. And then you can't say it's not working for him. You know, look, look where he's at. He's yeah. in the UFC. Yeah. Now he he's reached he's reached part of that goal, and then the next goal is the world champ. You know, so you can't say it's not working out for him. Some people just got it made for him like that. It's just what it's supposed to be. You know, some people, you know, like Juan's a, an amazing jujitsu and Muay Thai co- coach. You you know you're you're your blue belt. You're you're working with what you've got to do, and you're you're doing it right. Me, you know, like I got my setbacks or whatever, and it's just like you just dealt with what you got to deal with, and you just go with it. Yeah, you make the best out of it. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Damn, I have a fun. So I, I provide a variety of questions here and shit. Like no, I have man, a good go ahead. vibes and shit. You mentioned so like your responsibilities with Victor is like recovery. So what the fuck you you guys be doing to help him recover? Because <laughs> in my eyes, I'm like, okay, they put a shit ton of ice in his face and shit, ice baths. <laughs> Like uh, what help? Because I know he posts a shit ton of like the crypto, um, the crypto, the cryo shit. Yeah. So, like, uh, oh, God, that shit. Shout out to Cryo oh. Nation. They're in Grapevine, Texas. Um, it's just um, so these are just associates of mine that I've met over over the time, and also just things that I know with my paramedic background. So with uh, with Victor's recovery, you know, we got him hooked up with cryotherapy. Uh, cryotherapy is a it's a, it's just a a great way to help recover the body. So, you know, uh, it's the same thing. So we think about like a kind of like a, like an ice bath, you okay. know, you put your whole body into an ice bath. So with ice and things that are cold, your body goes into a different type of response. Oh, things okay. in your body type, uh, start to restrict blood flow starts to restrict and different type of hormone responses start to in, 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 ha- happen inside your body so oh, what it does is it tells his body to stop the inflammation process and to start the recovery process and so man that's been one key like with his uh whole recovery process he's able to spar twice on a Saturday. So he spars Saturday morning, which I'm pretty sure you've seen him. Yeah. Spar Saturday morning. And he'll spar Saturday afternoon, like a couple hours later, and he'll do cryo in between that and be good to go. Uh, 
recovery time. I mean, it speeds it up. I mean, endorphins, you're happy, your yeah. mood, energy levels. I didn't know that to that whole fucking level of like, I thought for some reason in my head, I was like, oh, it just helps. Like in my mind, I thought it just stops inflammation. Like it just helps no. the swelling. No. I didn't know it has like that much deeper. Yeah. Like if you're consistent with it, like I do it too. Like when I tore my tricep, that was the one thing that allowed me to wow. actually still roll. Cause you saw me, I would roll with one arm. Yeah, and I was, I was just like, ro- <laughs> I was rolling with one arm, <laughs> Damn. and it was because I was doing cryo because it was helping me my body to just recover. Even though I couldn't Damn. use that tricep, it was still recovering at the yeah. same time. And I can kind of vouch for him. He's seen me. I've yeah, went, I, He's I, done I went, it. I've done it with him. It's literally the worst three minutes. It literally says where he works at. It says the best three minutes of your life. I was in pain. For three it was so. Tell them how cold it is. Tell them how cold it is. It gets like it can get up to like negative two seventy, and it's nitrogen gas. Uh, yeah holy shit it's cold it doesn't matter yeah. it's God so damn. It's, you have to keep cold. moving because you will yeah. open the door yeah. you open the door and i'm like yeah it fills God. up with nitrogen gas and uh it, it and it goes all the way up from like your uh, chest down so it gets all your vital organs and stuff and it forces your body to start the recovery process so that's that's a big thing and then also God, i do damn. iv therapy for him uh I'm a clinical, too, yeah, I'm yeah. a clinical manager for uh, Ivy Bar South Lake, and so uh, you know we we help him with just his his IV therapy needs. You know, like the, it's uh, straight to the bloodstream and it's uh, 100%. You know, absorption rate because you're not going through your stomach. You know, we're able to help speed up the healing process of the body because you're able to do it from the inside out. And then also That's I control his diet nuts. as far as like, hey man, t- you know, and every day I'm talking, what's your weight? How are you feeling? You know, any little thing. Just because, you know, I have all these tools that I have in my in my bag that I can just use, you know. Not only just, you know, with the bodybuilding, but like paramedicine and just my degree, like all that stuff. I just know, mm-hmm. you know. So it just it just works all around. And you know, it's gotten us this far, you know, and thank God, you know. <laughs> yeah, what it is. yeah. I was just very curious about that. Like the whole recovery. I was like, I know it's time, it takes time to heal the body, but like I'm very surprised, like how deep it goes into like for cryo. Yeah, because you got to think about it, man. the hormones so, and stuff like that. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday mornings, yeah. we're doing fight camp, and we're doing at least two to three hours of just straight jujitsu, wrestling, and striking, and mm-hmm. it's all out. And uh, you know, and we're doing that. Let's say a fight camp is twelve weeks, and it's not like we just do it during fight camp. We do it year round because mm-hmm. that's his job. Yeah, he was mentioning that in the blast, yeah. in the podcast. Like, he so has to like, be ready. Fight camp is just like a time where we're like, okay, we need to increase the intensity. But it never, but it's weird because it seems like it never decreases. It's always like a time to boost up or like amp it up. Uh, right? Yeah, but it's weird. And um, it's funny because you see it spread all around mm-hmm. to everybody that does the fight camp. Yeah. Um, like, you'll see, you hear Victor or certain people say, or like me, I'll be like, man, you know, I can't can't do this or can't do that and i'm like well it's because you're doing it with the people who are doing it with you at the same time like everybody's getting better mm. you know it's just what it is you know damn yeah it's intense yeah it sounds it intense is, like the whole healing like going through fuck well, think about it, man. like damn. so 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 it's different when you see it on tv and yeah. i so i've been in a couple of bo- i've been in boxing matches. i've done boxing matches and i've done you know mm-hmm. tournaments and stuff but like it was funny. I'd never been a cornerman. Damn. So when Victor asked me to be a cornerman, I was like, oh, it's like, I've only done the fight. I've never been a cornerman. 
So I was just like, well, okay, what do I need to do? What would I want if I was a cornerman? Mm-hmm. That's the role I need to play. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I know my role. Like Juan Tatum is the head coach of the fighting team. I know my role. Like I'm not, what do I know compared to him? Nothing. So he's the voice. I'm the guy that's like, kind of like a hype man, you know? Oh, hype sure. man, it's but just also like uh, just... I do know my certain my, my place though. You know, right, there's role. certain things that I remember. I'm there every day when we do fight camp. You know, mm-hmm. I see what what we what we go over, what we're drilling, and then also do the drills with them sometimes. You know, just depending on things that, got, that are going on. If they need somebody, I'm there and I'm doing the drills too. It helps me, but it's also helping the overall fight team. So, Damn. you know, I do have a clue. So it's not like we're working with like two separate heads. We all have the same mind frame. Like we've been there, we've done it. We know what we're talking about. Right. So, and that's like a whole other thing, you know, coming from football, we got game schemes and yeah. stuff. That's the fight game scheme. We need to have like the same scheme as far as what we've been doing. Yeah. Together. So, and then when you're there in person, you see the different blows, like the hits. You know? Right. So, like at that fight, I don't know if you saw it, Carlos, he, like, he took us down a couple of times, right? But if you noticed, Victor was never in a moment of panic. Yeah. He was never hurt. He was still throwing strikes from the ground up. And if you looked at the second and third round, even though it might look like, oh, Victor got taken down, strikes though, like the guy never, like capitalizing on the takedown is what you want. He never capitalized. Victor was still like, okay, take me down. Because he's so confident in his jujitsu that he's just like, okay, and I'm just going to throw strikes from here. But like, that's the deal with like training at a place where we train our jujitsu so good that we rely on it too much that sometimes it might not look good on it on like screen, you know? Yeah. And that's where, you know, things that we got to change, you know, we're now, we're in a, we're in a, we're in a ocean of sharks. Everybody's good. You know, everybody's world's best because you wouldn't be in the UFC if you weren't the world's right, best. Obviously. So it's like now Victor realized like, Hey, I need to change my mentality. I need that aggression on. I need to not be allowing my back, you know, being on the back. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu to, you know, I need to be forcing them you know, and it's just it's just a process, man. You know, this is all new ground for all of us. Yeah. And it's just like, hey, man, we got to kind of roll with the punches and yeah. figure out our own role. I, I think something you said earlier, um, you said you've met a lot of athletes that have it. What is a specific it? Like, what is some like when you see a guy, let's say you see a random guy, you're like, hmm, there's something there. Like you see, like he has it. Yeah. What, what's that? When they do things that are with minimal effort that are hard for others. Mm. Uh, for instance, like uh, Freddie Jackson was a guy that uh, went to co-college and uh, we, we went to the same college and stuff and they would tell him that he wouldn't like really work out and stuff, but whenever it came game time, it was just like he turned it on and you mm. couldn't touch him. Mm. And it was just like, they just got it, you know? I had a bodybuilding guy, a friend that I did with, uh, his name's Bobby Tatum. Guy was a U went to UT when they won the when the national championship with Vince Young. Mm. Guy was an amazing right. athlete, track star, football star, you know. And then he did bodybuilding with us. First bodybuilding show. I remember he was eating pizza and stuff. Ended up getting like second place in the heavyweights, just shredded, did a backflip for his like routine. Um, just amazing, you know, mm. like Great, he worked out hard and stuff, but like, you know, I was killing myself dieting, just trying to look, you know, somewhat decent. Oh, and he's wow. just had it, you know, like there's just people who just got it. 
And when you're around those people, you just know like this is this got handled. And then that they have this certain characteristic about them, like they just don't worry about it. And that's how Victor is, you know. That's how Juan is. I mean, that's how a lot of people we train with. Ryan's that way. You ever go against Ryan? Does he ever look like he's like worried? Exactly. It's just yeah. they just got it, you know. Um, and then when you're around those type of people all the time, you just kind of see the type of characteristics, you know, that they got, you know. And uh, but then when you see the characteristics of the people who got it and then the hard work, it's way different. It's even funner, mm. you know, because it's like, hey, I'm gonna teach you this, and then we're gonna see how you run with it. You yeah, know? that's interesting, man. Yeah, like like with Victor, right? We're doing like plyos and stuff. He's never done plyos. And so he does this thing where he'll be bent on his knees from the ground mm -hmm. and he'll jump on top of like a 36 inch box from the ground from a dead stop. He's never done it before. He just like, Hey, you think this would be cool? And he just did it. And I was like, I'm not going to try it. And I've been doing this for years. So kind of like talented. Someone that's yeah. talented. Yeah. But just has that natural instinct, you know? It's interesting. Now yeah. that you say that, what about on the other hand, someone that doesn't have it? Do you think over perseverance and hard work, you think they can be as good, or it's just like that? Yeah, total separation? I mean, they're, they're, yeah, because if they have that drive to always mm -hmm. consistently just try to work and work and work, eventually things pay off. You yeah. know, um, I'm, I, I had that drive. Things paid off, but they didn't pay off in the degree of like I would say like professional like world accolades but they paid off enough for me to to live off of yeah. and to like re like rewards off of mm -hmm. um to get some acknowledgement but um you know because i was never gifted as far as like height or speed or anything but i just had the ability of like just work 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 and that's how it is now and, and you know and that's why i was like working with the fire department <clears throat> that's what it was i just work 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 you know like just just work you know um, and I've worked with, I've, I've been in the presence of people who were amazing athletes and hard workers, and it just went on to do great things in their life. They became, you know, pilots for the U.S., uh, you know, military, you know, just amazing athletes at the D3 level, amazing attorneys, just because that drive of athleticism and also just work ethic, you know? Yeah. Being disciplined. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is interesting. Yeah, I, remember, I was thinking about like a quote, like, like, talent is nothing without hard work. And then, I don't know if you like agree with that, but yeah, I mean, but like I said, I mean, like, a, like some people just got that natural talent, you know, and you can't ever like with bodybuilding, you saw that. People just got genetics, man. Yeah, genetics. That's what it is, you know. Ironical, man. Yeah, like they just got it. No matter like with bodybuilding, it was it was really apparent to me. Like I was never gonna be pro, so what I did, I was just like, okay, cool. I'm never gonna be pro, but I'm gonna extend. Like I'm gonna do the best that I can with my body because you know what? It's still gonna look better than the average dude, yeah. right? So, you know, it's just one of those deals. Like you just gotta do the best of what you got, mm. and then at the end of the day, it's still gonna be better than the average bear. You know, <laughs> yeah, bear. Damn. Nah. but I mean, that, I think that's what finds you kind of interesting, though, because even though you didn't make it, even though you didn't make it to professional bodybuilding, you still did what others wouldn't do. Yeah, I mean, I treated it like I was professional. Yeah. I mean, the difference between a professional and an amateur is the whole fact of you want you placed a certain placing, yeah, at a show, pro card, yeah. nothing else, yeah. and then diff and then it's also subjective, man. 
like a judge might not like the way you look, you know, just because like your hair might be weird or something, yeah. you know. Your hair is sticking up. I mean, and, 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 and <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's little things. I mean, because they're they're just judging off of what shows up that day, you know. So if it's not that great bodies that show up that day. Then, you know, like back in the day when I was bodybuilding, you had guys that did smaller shows and they didn't like to do the big shows because they knew the bigger, the better competition was at the big shows, you know? And so they would do like the smaller shows and like place there and get qualifying to go and do nationals. And so, but with me, I always did, I did like the Ronnie, I did the Europa, you know, I did the Oklahoma Grand Prix. So I did always did big shows because those were always the best competition. I surrounded myself with the best competition or the best people because that's what I strove. Like I wanted to be one of the best or yeah. at least good. I knew if I was trying to keep up with these guys, I was going to be somewhat decent, you know? Yeah. So like, that's, what's good about training with places that have good athletes. It's like, if you're good with these, if you're at least, you know, can keep up or do something with these guys, you'll be, you'll be good somewhere else, you know? So, you know, and it's, yeah, it's just what fits my personality too. Yeah, and then you, and then you went off and did all these different yeah uh, professions. Yeah, with a firefight man, I worked in it's called they call it the hot house. So station twenty five is off of Lancaster Ledbetter. So a hot house is basically like the 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 station that gets the most fires for the whole department. You know, we were there all the time, man. Like, we always had fires, and I love that, man. Like, there's nothing crazy. So like. When you're rolling in jiu-jitsu, you know that claustrophobic feeling yeah. that, I can't breathe, I need yeah. to quit. That's the type of feeling you get whenever you're doing, uh, whenever you're fighting fire. Yeah. That claustrophobic, like... but but then just think about like, you feel the heat of you burning. Yeah, That's what it feels like. And you can't take your mask off, because if you do that, you're going to breathe in all this smoke. And so like, it, it's a mental game, you know? And that's kind of how jiu-jitsu is, man. You know, like that mental aspect of like, can I wait this out? Am I yeah. tough enough to like get through this? Yeah. This guy's smashing me. And I don't feel good. You know, like when Juan gets mad about tapping the pressure, you know, <laughs> it's a good characteristic, man. Yeah. Like you're not choking to death. You just don't feel com- you're comfortable. Yeah. You just, you just, you just, you know, you got to move. Yeah. And that's how um, firefighting was, you know, like mentally, man, I remember putting out fires and the steam would come down and burn my ears. And I'm like, Oh, this hurts so bad. I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. I can't. This this hurts. And I remember playing this game in my head like, but if I get out, man, people are going to be calling me a coward. People are going to be like, you're a firefighter. This yeah. is your job. Yeah, and so I would stick it out. I would stick it out. I would get these steam burns on my ears or like whatever, right? Just because I knew that was my job. That was my role. And it, that's how it is, man. Yeah. You know? She's she like that uh, builds character. Yeah. You yeah. know? So like, you know, now when I look back at it, like bad days, like, man, like I'm breathing, I'm living, I'm doing jujitsu, I'm training MMA fight. I went to Vegas, man. I mean, it's like you make your own bad days, man. Like if I'm going to make my own, if I'm going to have a bad day, I'm going to make it my bad. I'm going to make it the bad day that I want it. You know, I'm not going to let other people dictate my days. Yeah. You know, if you got it and then jujitsu helps you with that, man. Like, you know, you got a bad day. If someone's having a bad day, hey, man, you all right? Cool. Like you, it gives you that confidence to be like, "Hey, man, like, chill." You know. Yeah. Also, it was uh, to add on to that with me personally. When I have a bad day, that's when I want to go to jujitsu the most. Yeah. Like I, I tell myself like I, I want to get my ass kicked or I want to I want to kick someone's ass. Mm-hmm. You know, just to get all that out of me. Yeah. You know what's helped me, man? During my darkest time was comedy. 
comedy? loves stand-up comedy. Oh, that's good. That's crazy. He likes stand-up comedy. Love what do comedy. you like, Sebastian? My comedy, man, <laughs> it's stupid shit. Like, comedy movies, but... What I enjoy the most, like, are we talking about in general? You just yeah, like, 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 what do you, like, what kind of comedy you do? Comedy is stupid shit. Like, sometimes this motherfucker makes random noises or some fucking comment when we're watching USC fights that makes me die laughing. Yeah? It's yeah. just jokes. I enjoy, the most comedy I like is literally with when I'm with the boys. Yeah. Like, it's so fucking funny. I, like, die laughing. Yeah, it's because yeah. we all say, like, just stupid It's just stuff, a little stupid, stupid shit. Remarks. I no. say a lot of stupid And stuff. I just enjoyed it. Dark, the, dark yeah. comedy. I, dark I, comedy. Oh, man, I understand dark comedy. That's yeah. That was kind of, like, our uh, way of dealing with, like, the things we would, like, see or do. Really? Uh, was, like, dealing with, like, like kind of making fun of things. Yeah. Um, which was bad, but, I mean, man, like, this is what it is. It's yeah, like fuck it. We, yeah, we we have it's one life. One life. life. Yeah, yeah. we have life. one life. Why? I mean, why? Can't, why does everything have to be serious? Why can't we just like jump me? Around? I have horrible teeth, and I make fun of my teeth all the time. Yeah. I got that summer teeth. You know, somewhere here, somewhere there. <laughs> <laughs> and then Victor, if, if, if y'all seen Victor, Victor is. We, we 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 tell people we have the same dentist. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but you know, man. Uh, um, I think it's always the best. Like if you're able to make fun of yourself, I mean, like yeah. just yeah. Like, just, and you know, it's funny because people are like, man, why'd you fix your teeth, man? Like I'm I'm old. Like I feel like a grandpa here. I probably. How, what's the oldest guest you've ever had here? <laughs> <laughs> it depends. Uh, no, it's no, it's wait. How old are you, Adrian? Thirty-five. Thirty-five. Him, right? Yeah. For sure. <laughs> totally. Victor, I legit did not know how Victor, Victor was 30. Little kid, right? Bro, I didn't, when you say he's 30 in my head, I didn't make a face, but I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, dude. He's 30. So <laughs> it's just funny because, like, you know, I'm 35, man. So, like, especially by being there with a bunch of young bucks, like, I'm trying to keep up with these dudes, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there's no excuse, man. I mean, uh, this is what it is. But, yeah, I mean, um, it's Con. like all my life, people have been like, hey, when you fix your teeth, when you fix teeth. And I'm just like, yeah. I kind of fits me, you know. Yeah. Like I couldn't see it's myself. You, it's your personality. Yeah. It's your character. And you know what? You know, I still get, yeah. still get girls. Yeah. <laughs> you, to, yeah you can't have everything, but yeah, man. Like comedies. I love comedy. Like he knows. Like yeah. Who do you I, like? Man, I love. You're my I, okay. I'm gonna give you <laughs> my top. Just give me the top two. I'll give you my top two. One of them is dead. Uh, <laughs> who? No, 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 no you guys don't probably don't know who this guy is. Don Rickles. Yeah, I know. Love him. He's, yeah, like, he's an the, icon. He's a one-liner. Yeah, like he—he's the one that attacks the crowds. Yeah, like it's fun. He says something. Oh, he makes fun of the crowds. Like, like, two or three years ago. Like, he died years? 2017. Yeah, January. Yeah. yeah. And who's the guy? Mark Norman. Mark Norman. Okay, he's Mark Norman was hilarious. Yeah, you went to his show, right? Yeah, two times. Yeah, I went twice this year. Yeah, he's funny, man. Fucking hilarious. Is it expensive to go to this? I'm just no, curious. they're no, not. No. It's just like, I mean, it just depends. Like depending yeah. on who we're the is. venue. The venue. Okay, I was curious about. That. I like Theo Vaughn. Like he's my Theo favorite. Theo Vaughn's hilarious. The uh, Rat King. I like. I I relate to his humor. I like it because it's like he's like that southern. See, like here's. The, I know you're what Salvadoran, right? Southern. Like, did you grow up here? Or I grew up here all of Texas, yeah. Yeah. See, like me, I'm third generation Tejano. So, like, people who don't know Tejano, Tejano's uh, Chicano, which is a Hispanic that is born and raised in Texas, which is very different compared to Chicanos that are born and raised in Cali. So, we have our own, like, little thing. You know, we do, like, the cowboy get up. You know, the music's different. Uh, and, you know, so I'm Tejano, which is very different. So, like, 
it's just different. Like we, the way you grew up in the South and then the way like he kind of talks about stuff. I just love it, man. Yeah. And he's kind of got the dark humor yeah. and then me and him kind of relate in some issues as far as like, like self-esteem and stuff, but it's yeah. cool, man. You know, I, yeah. I, dig him. I love, cool. I love people that shit on themselves too. You got to, man. Yeah, you because got you know to. What? That was one thing that, that, uh, I had to realize was like you get humbled yeah you know so like think about this like when i went to jujitsu man i remember i get choked out by like a little hundred like 130 pound guy 140 pound guy and i'm like 250 i was all jacked and stuff you know <laughs> okay. and then i'll get choked yeah. out and i'm like dude and you know and they'd be like, oh good job good job i'm like dude you just choked me out like don't tell me good job like i get it you know but it's funny because it humbles you. And there's two things you can do. You can either run away and be like, oh, that's stupid. And be like, and like be fake about it. You know, like a lot of guys are. Or you can just accept it and be like, you know what? I want to learn what they do. Bruh, that's the same thing with me. Because I used to be like ashamed or embarrassed of my hand. Yeah. And I'll tell, I'll tell people like, like I have the oh, that's I, one of the things he makes me laugh the most, man. He makes some stupid fucking jokes yeah. with his hand, bro. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 like, I'll be, I'll be like, I'll be in the car with him. I'll be like, hey, hey, what's my hand fucked up? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know why. Like, it's just how he says yeah. shit. I'd be yeah. like, let me use my good hand. Need a hand? Was that a scary movie? Yeah, like, scary movie. Yeah. Oh, the guy in the turkey. Hey, if I were you, dude, whenever you like are rolling with people, you should be like, you like. What I like to do is I'll get like with some guys like RJ. I love doing this RJ because RJ rolls hard with me. Yeah, bro. Yeah. And I'll tell him, and I'll take his back sometimes. I'll be like, I'll get in his ear, I'll be like night night, and I'll just like you know, try, <laughs> yeah, do like a rear naked choke yeah. or something. Yeah. But like you should do that with him. Yeah. Like, hey, let me get my good hand. Yeah. And, like get your hand on it. Yeah. <laughs> just like just man, fuck with him. Yeah, yeah, dude. Why but, not, man? Because you know what? That's 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 awesome. Because you know what? That gives. Uh, you know, millions of people would give that as an excuse, you know, and why? You know, it's crazy you say that, man. Uh, my, right away, I taught my dad, don't make you feel old. Just what he said, I used to be so ashamed because I, you know, I used to get bullied and all that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And my dad, my dad would tell me, look, Henry, yeah, you have a deformed hand, but people have no legs, no yeah. arms, no parents, no yeah. house, and they're the happiest people ever. <laughs> so when he says that shit to me, I'm like, I'm gonna stop being a bitch. Yeah, you're right. You know oh, you wanna know something crazy? All right, I'll tell you something crazy that I saw when I was a firefighter. One of the craziest oh, things. Shit. I saw a guy, his testicles were as big as a basketball. What the fuck? Yeah, dude. So, and I felt horrible for him. <laughs> I felt horrible for him, yeah. dude, because, man, like you got kicked in the balls and stuff, like, it hurts, <laughs> right? But just imagine like them swollen, the size of a small, like, you remember the mini, you know, like the mini basketballs? They yeah, do yeah, like the little, little games little and stuff. Bit, yeah. yeah, they were that size. Jesus and I felt Christ. horrible for him because he was like, his oh, ball my drops. Balls, my yeah. nuts, my balls. <laughs> and, he, and, 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 you know, he was around his whole family and he was in a wheelchair. And it, like, put it this way, dude, like, he had to put his, like, his legs over his balls. Like, <laughs> like that's how big they were. And he was in a wheelchair and his family was like, oh, he's got to go to the hospital. I'm like, yeah, he's got to go to the hospital. Like, oh, yeah. so he wasn't born like that. All of a sudden, his nuts just well, fucking he inflamed. Was, a lot of times, man, and, and when you're like working in like, you know, low income areas, man, like they don't go unless like people get used to feeling like crap. Like yeah. I remember checking people's blood pressures. It'd be like 200 over 100. And, they're, and I'm like, hey, man, you feeling good? He's like. Yeah, man, I feel great. And I'm like, wow, you know, you look like you're about to have a stroke. Like this is blood pressure. <laughs> you know, I'm like, man, we should go to the hospital, get checked out, you know? 
And like they just get people get used because they don't want to spend that money, you know. Bro, oh god. So people yeah. get used to feeling that crap, you know. And so like I don't understand how he weighed this long, but his 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 balls were huge. <laughs> and <laughs> I feel embarrassed telling everybody this, but it was the first and last time I'd ever picked up another man's balls and like moved him for him because mm. I like it looked painful whenever he would he would try to get up and it would just drop and I was like oh god. <laughs> You know, I was like, no, man, I can't. I, I, I couldn't do that. I was like, man, I got to help you. And so I just, like, grabbed them. And I both hands. That's how big they were. Both hands. And I, we, <laughs> we lifted them. We put them in a stretcher and everything, dude. It had his own little stretcher. Oh, no. <laughs> they even gave him a little pillow. It was insane, man. I felt so bad for him. But, you know, but that, I mean, that's what it is, man. Dude. That's what that's. I, you know what? And that's the deal. Is like I didn't care, man, because you know what? That's what I was supposed to do for him. Yeah. Adrian, did you man. hold the straight face? You didn't laugh at all. Dude, I, 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 I would die. I had a second I thought. I had, I had a thought because I was looking at my buddy. Because I remember <laughs> Jake Hoggett, one of the best firefighter paramedics I ever worked with. Jake Hoggett. He uh, he was with me, and he probably remembers this. And I just looked at him, and I was like, "I'll get the balls," because he'd been working for like years on the ambulance, mm. and it's just kind of one of those deals, like. The way I felt like if I work it with someone who's been on a lot longer than me, I'm gonna do kind of the grunt work. You yeah, know? yeah. You've yeah. already done your work. I'm gonna do the grunt yeah. work. You're like, I'll get them nuts. Yeah. I got to do that. I was like, all right, man. You know. <laughs> and then I, we're lifting them up. He's like, oh, my balls, my balls, you know, my balls. And man, but you know his kids and everything were there. And oh, it's just, hell, but the kids like, <laughs> but you know, because I remember, man, like you know, it just reminded me like when my dad, you know, when my dad was dying, right? It's crazy because right. like he shit himself, and I was just like, man, and he was just, like so embarrassed and stuff. And I was like, hey, dad, you know, I got you, man. You know, yeah. Clean my diaper, man. I got you. And so, you know, I don't know if that gentleman's still alive, and I hope he is mm-hmm. and stuff. But like. You know, sometimes, man, you just got to show that compassion of just, like, you got to let that ego go and just, like, you just got to do what you got to do, man. Damn, AJ, yeah. I respect that, bro. Because, like, <laughs> the holster, I'm thinking, what happens if you was you and me being permanent? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> you get the right one, I get it up, man. But, dude, but, you know, but. Like, I would die so, laughing, bro. So, here's how you deal with that. In the moment, you just do what you got to do, right? Yeah. And then afterwards, you, you, you cut up about it. You bro, know, I couldn't, man. Is, you know? yeah. I'd be laughing. But I mean, at that time, you just gotta do what you gotta do, and then afterwards, you're like, dude, I just had to do his balls. Like, yeah. You know, like, wash your hands and shit. Yeah. Dude, them things were huge, man. <laughs> yeah. Two hands, well, mommy, <laughs> two hands, dude. two hands. You know, dude, I, I, it's because me and Henry would not be able to yeah, keep yeah. a straight face. <laughs> but I'd that, be crying all that's the time. Cra- but that's like that's like some one of the craziest things we we. I mean, that's crazy stuff we see. I mean, or just I mean, there's a lot of other stuff too. Bro, but. I thought this guy. I thought you were gonna say, "Dude, I saw someone's head get shot off or some shit." Oh, I mean, no, nah. that's, that's the best story, bro. Nah, that shit yeah. made me laugh, bro. Because, see, that I mean, shit makes me laugh. That's that's the type of stuff, man. I mean. But that's that's uh, customer service at its best, I guess. One hundred percent straight 100%. face, able to help this man's big nuts. I hope he gives you some tip or something. <laughs> oh, man. Nah, man. He dude, like, I literally thought the South Park. Literally, so man, I mean, you kind of feel for some dude. He's like, dang, dude, that sucks. Like yeah. when a dude gets his heart broken, he's like, damn. And I felt bad for him. I was like, man, like Fuck. Man, nuts must hurt, dude. God, were, it was insane. That is insane. And I feel like what you mentioned is like depending on where you're from and like your income, bro, like 
getting help sucks. Like you're scared of the price. When like super, something super minor, when I got in a car accident, my dad made me ride the ambulance. I was like, bro, do not put me in the ambulance. And that fucking ride for like a five minute drive, this motherfucker's even put the sirens on. It costed me like 2000 bucks. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Well, you probably weren't life threatening. No, it wasn't life threatening. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Super minor, just a cut. Yeah. And, but I was like, the cost of it, I'm like, fuck. Yeah. It, I mean, actually, I've never seen a bill, but you know what I mean? I respect, I mean, uh, it's yeah. to help. I mean, they're a service and they help millions of people. Yeah. But I was like, damn, that ride cost me two grand. Yeah. Next time I'm going to call an Uber to but take you know the hospital, bro. I mean, a lot of people abuse it too, you know. I was on that end too, you know. I worked, I worked in a lot of different places in Dallas, to where you see a lot of different, you see a lot of different things. It changes your skew about humanity because really? you're dealing with people on the worst day. You know, no one calls nine one one because they're having a good day. I'm having a fucking blast. Just wanted <laughs> yeah. to let you know. Hang you know? up. <laughs> and so, especially in Dallas, like I worked in uh, Cedar Springs, Oklahoma. So mm-hmm. it's called the we call it the neighborhood. So that's where all the gay bars and stuff were at. That was a scene too. That was crazy, man. Because at that time too, I had my personal training business, and then like some of my clients were they worked down there. They were like the bartenders and stuff down there. And so it'd be funny because like they would come and stop by and see me, and you know they're like Rocky Collins. That's my dude. He works at uh, Roundup Saloon you know, off of Cedar Springs. One of the best bartenders in the nation. He entered like this bartender contest. And he's a gay dude, but that's awesome. Like, really flamboyant, but yeah. super cool, you know? And so he'd be like, hey, Adrian, you know? My, the dudes be like, hey, Adrian, what's going on, man? I'm like, oh, that's my friend, you know, Rocky. But, like, super awesome, man. But, like, yeah. you know, even working that area, you see a different side of, like, people, you know? Because it's, like, all the drunks and all the all the, all the, the bar scene, you know? Yeah. And you see it just how, to, how out of hand, you know, alcohol and just, you know, just just that party scene is, you know, and it was crazy, man. It was, it was definitely, man, you, you see a, a lot of funny, uh, funny stories and like, holy funny shit, things. man. Yeah. I want guys get beat up by girls, dude. It is nuts. Amanda Nunes. Oh yeah. I remember I had this guy, he was, he was a trans and he was a woman and, uh, he looked like a guy, but just wanted to be a yeah. woman. Right. Mm. He was ready to throw down on me. Cause he was all cut up, You're like someone had cut him up with a razor, and I was like, "Oh, sir, you know what's your name?" He's like, "Uh, I'm a woman." I was like, "Oh," and I wasn't trying to be funny. I was yeah, yeah. doing my job, and I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, sir." And I was just like, "Oh," and then he's just like, "I'm about to knock you out," and I'm like, I, "He's like bleeding everywhere." And he's yeah. like getting mad at me, you know, because I'm I'm calling him a sir, and yeah. I'm not trying to be funny at all. I'm just like trying to figure out how I'm gonna fit, fill all this like stuff yeah. out for him. And uh, man, he wanted to seriously like beat me up. Damn, (laughs) you know it's just little scenarios like that, you know. But you know, um, it it helped me develop like great interpersonal skills. You know, talking to people, you know, and just relating to people. I I I could. I don't know about you. I could sense that, man. Yeah, I I I feel like you. You You have a good vibe. You're good vibe. Thanks, guys. You know how fucking vibe. Talk to people. You know how to. Yeah. Check up on people and that's what's up, man. Yeah, man. Serious I mean, when you need to, yeah. man. That's one of my weak points, man. Like Henry knows this with me well. <laughs> Anytime I'm fucking uncomfortable or in an awkward situation, I laugh. I'll tell you right now, yeah. the day I die, he's gonna be laughing. I'm not gonna laugh, bitch. He's I hate laughing. you. <laughs> it, yeah. In awkward situations, he's. I, I laugh. It's like my defense mechanism or some yeah. shit. I laugh and I don't mean to. I I'll never forget this, and I'm sorry, Emerald, because you're gonna find out the truth. I'm sure you already did. 
she it's a friend of ours girlfriend and we're friends with her and she was crying one day just for random this reason i started laughing bro and he was there yeah i had to look away because like i said if he laughs i laugh yeah for she was anything. crying i'm like i was like i had to look away because I, I was like fuck yeah. i'm like i'm super uncomfortable right now so i start laughing and i legit just tell like i'm sorry it's just my defense mechanism because i don't want to cry too so like i just can't i don't know so, what it is so any serious moment you laugh not serious so i think it depends on like what's happening like for instance like if for whatever reason henry gets in a car accident like serious i'm not gonna laugh that yeah, yeah, yeah. like something serious but like it's where like i feel I get awkward you. i don't yeah, know what yeah. it is i, guess I, you. I, I have just, a i got a scenario like when i got caught cheating i was like <laughs> i was like oh. Yeah. yeah, I get you. And that's why I say yeah. when you like when you when you're able to be a paramedic, see all these crazy and funny stories, but also have a professional manner of like, I just that's just I wish I can be like that because dude, I work with clients and their money and stuff, and sometimes when they yell at me saying "fuck you," I'm just like, bro, I that cracks. What me do you up. do? I work for Robinhood. Um, yeah, yeah, I just I just work for them and answer emails and sometimes calls and stuff like that. But I have people like cursing at me. I just put myself on mute. I'm just like, fuck, bro. I'm like laughing hard. You know, I, I just can't. I don't know what it is. Before I became a firefighter and everything, uh, I did banking for a few months. I did banking too. I hated it. Yeah, I, couldn't, I, hated I couldn't sell. It. Yeah, I, I could sell. sell. I just didn't. I just didn't like being forced to like put things into people, like put things on the people that they didn't need, you know, yeah. like credit cards and stuff. But uh, yeah, man. Um, that's a trait that I'm trying to improve on is like, I'm just trying to be more professional. I'm at, I'm 24 and I'm trying to be more professional yeah. in that manner is like be more, I don't know. I guess it's like more serious, but like, I just love laughing. And I love smiling yeah. and stuff like that. But, but you know, the ambulance sure. really teaches you different things though, man, because like some, that was one thing that really either made you or break you on the yeah. fire department, at least where I was, uh, because you're going to make more medical calls than you make fire calls. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, there's just, this is how it is statistically. And so, um there's like a thing called like burnout and in the medical field you're always having people are like i'm her i'm this i'm not you're you're just always tending to people and then sometimes it just takes a lot out of people and you see it you know and they burn out and and then they have like these attitudes and it's just sometimes really hard to work with you know and so you whenever i was working on there and dealing with all that i made sure i our crew was very tight we were very good guys and we were very mm -hmm. close to each other and so having that really helped and just kind of knowing how each other worked, you know, the mannerisms as far as like when they were stressed or what, just knowing those things and like when they needed help and just kind of picking it up, you know, that really helped, you know, like you guys, you know, you kind of work, you know, synergistically, like mm -hmm. you feed off each other or whatever. You, this is how it is, man. When you work with certain people, you just kind of figure out how they work and you just kind of figure out where you fit in, you know? All righty. So... One thing that we always do at the end of a podcast, because we always want to learn, that's the goal of this podcast is have an open mind, is if you could tell yourself one to three things that you wish you told your younger self, of course, and this is to help also like our audience or whoever's dealing with something or whoever can take that piece of advice, right. what would it be? Um, so three things like be humble. Um, no matter how smart you think you are or how many things you've done in your life or whatever experience you've done, uh, there's always something that's, that's going to happen that you probably never encountered before. And just recognizing that and just realizing like, Hey man, I don't know what I'm doing and either asking for help or just, just coming to terms with like, I don't know what I'm doing. 
So I need to figure out like the best way or somehow to get through this. Um, mm-hmm. That's a great thing. Uh, always bringing up other people that are around you, like your circle, just because the more you grow and others grow, everybody prospers. And um, that's like a form of love, you know? And then um, third, just always have the best intention, like being honest with yourself. You know, if you're not honest with yourself and confronting yourself in the mirror with like, hey, who you truly are, you just live in like a kind of like a false lie and just kind of uh, upholding something that you're not really are. And so just being honest with yourself and just knowing your limits and knowing your strengths and knowing your weaknesses and being okay with that and not just being okay with your weaknesses, but just trying to like figure out a way to get better at that. Um, Those would be the three things that I would say are great that I've learned because it allowed me to be happy with myself. And if I'm happy with myself, um, then things are just going to be better for me overall. Right. Know? The vibe, the, yeah. the universe. Because exactly. living your life for other people and stuff is good, but for the other people. Yeah. And then if you're yeah. not happy within yourself, you're just not going to get that fulfillment. You know, life's, life's only one time and I've yeah. seen enough death to be like, you know, man, like, I need to be happy with who I am. Yeah. And that's just what it is. I think that's that's, that's perfect, man. I want to add to something real quick is that something that I like about this podcast and what I'm re- realizing now almost a year into this is that with different guests that we have, I feel like we get to learn a lot from them. Yeah. And I feel like I got to learn from you in more ways than I think jiu-jitsu could teach me because I feel like we learn from each other. Yeah, definitely. In more ways than one and jiu-jitsu. And uh, and this podcast, I, I learned a lot. Like, there's a lot of things I want to work on myself, like internally, like stop being selfish and stuff like that. And yeah, I, I think you really put a lot, like uh, eye opener things for me, and I, and I appreciate that. And I'm I'm glad I got to learn more no, about well, you, you, man. No, thank you. Like I, really I said, just, no, I appreciate it, uh, Sebastian Henry. This is a a privilege. Uh, this is a great thing for me. Um, it feels very special to have like two guys like you just to take a time out and uh, want to know about me. Right. And I uh, appreciate that. Always yeah, no, great. Of course. Of course, man. Of course. I'll make sure, I'll make sure to uh, choke you out really good next time. <laughs> put some <laughs> to sleep instantly. Yeah. But with that ending in uh, Henry getting put to sleep by Adrian on a chokehold, we appreciate you guys listening again. You guys, as appreciate always, you. have a kick-ass weekend, guys. Come check us out. Peak Wataga. Yes, yeah, sir. absolutely. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.